and real in the lives of men and women, boys and girls, who Christ came and died for. And for some reason beyond my comprehension, has challenged us to be his messenger of redemption. You may be asking yourself, what are childish things? What are childish words? What are childish thoughts? What is childish reasoning? To me, childish things can be identified most easily by determining what your focus is. Is your, your focus primarily on yourself or on others? I was thinking about this childish words, childish thoughts, childish reasoning. And I was thinking about this idea, what are childish words? And I think probably the, the three most childish kind of words that, that, chil- that, that uh, predominate children's vocabulary is, I want, it's mine, and now. In fact, there's a sentence that you can put together that I think that every child says, it's mine, I want it now. Right? Right, church? Thoughts. What are childish thoughts? I think childish thoughts are thoughts that are dominated by your own self-focus, your own self-gratification, your own desire for happiness without really the thought of others. And also I think reasoning, childish reasoning, can really be distilled down into one thing. How does it benefit me? How does it affect me? These are the hallmarks of immaturity. These are the hallmarks of being a child. And Paul says, you know what, it is time for us to put aside childish things, childish words, childish thoughts, childish reasoning. That's not to say that being a child is a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's just not a beautiful thing for adults. Being immature can be a wonderful thing. In fact, we want our children to experience childhood to take risks, to, to have fun, to be silly. It's expected, it's natural. But this conversation starter, this thing that I'm telling you, I'm not telling you over at E3 Kids. This is not the talk that E3 Kids is getting today. You're getting it. Because nobody got you out of bed this morning. Probably no one made you breakfast. 
Nobody probably dressed you. Nobody forced you into a car, and nobody dropped you off here. Brothers and sisters, you did that all on your own. Why? Because you wanted to come, you wanted to hear God's words, you wanted to be challenged, you wanted to be moved, and many of you, yes, you brought your children along with you and with the hope that someday they will make the same choice, but your choice has been made. And I believe with all my heart, all my being, that, that today is a day that we say, you know what, this is our time. No longer are people making the choices for us but we are making the choices that will drive the church into the future. What the church looks like in the future depends solely on what we do with our time today. So being here, there's some things that just grown-ups, people who are not children, should have matured to a place, biblically speaking. Our words should not be dominated by I's, me's, and my's. Because that is the sign of being childish. Our thoughts should not revolve around just how does it benefit me. And our reasoning should be guided by legacy and not the temporary. I've spoken about this before, that I believe that the extent of somebody's, the measure of the extent of somebody's maturity, of their intellectual maturity, of their social maturity, of, of their emotional maturity, and of their spiritual maturity can de- be defined largely on, on identifying if you are a consumer or a contributor in that realm. Because children consume. Immaturity consumes. Where maturity contributes, contributes to things outside of themselves. I came up with some questions just to help you focus just on your own life and just trying to wonder, you know, where you are in this immaturity, maturity paradigm. You can just answer these to yourselves. I mostly want to teach or learn. I mostly want to share or listen. I mostly want to serve or be served. Or I mostly believe that following Christ is about me. Or I believe that being a follower of Christ is mostly about the body of Christ and my relationship with God. Now, if you're honest with yourself, I believe that it's a pretty good indication of where you are in this process And I believe that maturity, as it relates to the body of Christ, as it relates to the church, 
that, that, you know what, there's a kind of a different type of reasoning. Why we learn, we learn so we can teach. This doesn't necessarily mean in a formal class or being a growth group leader or a Sunday school teacher, but what you receive, you're looking for ways to pass it on. As you, be, as you are discipled, you look for disciples. You look and you're aware and, and you are looking for movements of God, the flow of God, and you want to point it out to people. That we listen so we can respond. We listen to people's needs. We listen to people's desires. We listen to people where where they're at and where they're hurting in order that we can be the tangible hand of Christ, that we can be the presence of God, that the Holy Spirit can fill us and we can fill that place in their life where they are hurting. That we, we serve because we want to be the tangible hand of Christ. One of the easiest ways to kind of serve in the, in the, in the church context is this idea of be served and to serve. To, to make the decision, you know what? I'm going to attend one worship gathering and I'm going to serve in one worship gathering. So for you guys here saying, you know what? I was greeted when I came in today. That I was served coffee when I came in today at the 9 a.m. And you know what? I am going to spend some extra time and I'm going to do the same thing. And it doesn't have to be a formal thing. I mean, serving can be something that's like, you know what? When I'm walking out, I'm just going, I'm just going to walk around the parking lot once and just make sure that things are right. But just changing our mentality of like, you know what, we as the body, yes, I need, I, I need to be served. I need to be spoken into. I, I need to be loved. But as the scripture says that we were first shown love. Why? Because we, we well, we show love because God first showed love to us, that there is this idea that we receive so we can give, and we give with the hope that someone will not just consume, but they will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in being filled with the Holy Spirit, they will come to a place of overflow, as Evan was singing about and, and, and Eric was singing about. This idea of overflow being an overflow of blessing. Ultimately, I think that maturity is realizing that you don't have it all figured out. But knowing a few things actually really make a difference. And Paul continues in verse 12 and he says, Now we see things imperfectly, like Puzzling, like puzzling reflection in a mirror. But then we will see with perfect clarity, speaking about heaven, all that I know is now partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Not the internet. Not your car. 
and definitely not a Kit Kat. Twinkie may last forever, you're right. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. These are the things that we have been given. We have been given faith. We have been given hope. We have been given love. But we are not to be a reservoir of these things, but a conduit of God's love, a conduit of God's faith, and a conduit of God's hope to those who are not in a place yet that they can give, that they are in a place where they can only receive because our time is now. We have been given the gift of faith, hope, and love. And it can end with us. Or we can continue the story. We can put the pen to the paper. One way that we as a community express our faith, hope, and love is through our Acts 2 fund. Acts 2 is is basically the idea that people in our church, in our local community, that, that, you know what, we understand that, that bad things happen to people sometimes, and sometimes people lose jobs, and sometimes people have, you know, just get overwhelmed with life, and they start to lose faith, they start to lose hope, and they just need to be shown some love. And we have set up this Acts 2 fund when, when those times happen in people's lives who go to in our community, people who are part of our body, people who, who are part of our body who are hurting, that we're able to have this fund that, that, that a group of people uh, who have been charged to, to manage that fund wisely can come in and, and meet those needs. And a lot of times, it's not a lot of money. I mean, a lot of times, it's, it's you know what? A single mother, her, her utilities have been shut off, and, and, and she needs $200 to, to turn it on. And, and, and honestly, you know what? That may not be a lot of money to you. It may not be a lot of money to me. Honestly, I could, I could go to the ATM right now and pull out $200, and most of you could too. Why? Because we're, we've come to a place of maturity, right? That we're mature in our finances, that we're not living $200 away from extinction. I've been there. Believe me. I'm just not there right now. As I, maybe about the 11 o'clock things will change, but right now, <laughs> I think I could do that. But you know what? That $200 is the difference between their kids being, well, hot or cold, depending on the year or time of the year, or them eating, or, or them being able to go and, and, and get them to school or have them dressed appropriately or, or something like that. 
It's just one thing. This is one kind of example of what the church does. And the idea is not to have everybody at the church be mature. That's not what I'm saying. Because mature people need immature people to serve, to love, to give to, 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 to uh, invest in. But none of us, myself included, want to contribute to something that doesn't show promise. And that's what we're doing. That's why we do E3 Kids. That's why we do Acts 2. That's, that's why we serve. This is why we give to the general budget. This is why we do these kinds of things. Because now is our time. When we were children and our parents went to work and they bought everything for us and they sent us to school and we just kind of showed up to Sunday school and we did all that, that wasn't our time. Why? Because we were immature. We were children. But we are no longer children. Some of us, myself included, in in different circumstances, act like children. We act childish. But that dishonors our time. This precious little time that you and I have been given where we are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the agents of faith, that we are the agents of hope, that we are the agents of love. We have been commissioned, church. And the question is, what is our legacy going to be? And it is my prayer and my hope And believe me, my faith in you, that you will respond. Maybe not today, maybe not next week, but you will respond and take hold of this idea that right now is your time and it is my time and the belief that together the body of Christ can change the world. You guys pray with me. Dear God, I just pray as we we come to the table, as we remember how you gave and served, that you said you, you came not to be served, but to serve, and as you as the picture of of maturity as you as the picture of of who we are in Christ in you and what we're meant to be that that we will live up to that measure that we will truly not only participate in the religion of Christianity but we will transcend that and actually be disciples of you that we will be followers of you and we will follow you in person in words and deeds We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. Paul writes about communion.
for I pass on to you what I receive from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body which I give for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. 